Hi everyone, I'm Thea Sanders, CEO and founder of the Naya Beauty app. Welcome to Naya Unfiltered, where I bring topics for your consideration that are impactful, insightful, and informative. I hope that you find these episodes interesting or at least entertaining. Enjoy our show. Hi everyone, welcome back to Naya Unfiltered. This is Thea Sanders, your host. And today's episode is going to be a little different. We're just going to go over kind of recapping what we learned um, with Glossier and Away and Wing. I mean, these were three multi-million dollars, if not a billion dollar company. And they were all founded by females. And all of the females had a strong, empowering message for other women and really served as an inspiration and set the standard for aspirational living and lifestyle for other women to follow in their footsteps. And as you can see, something along the way went wrong and they came from an empowering position to becoming a problematic position by today's standards and maybe the standards had changed and when they first started their endeavors the messaging seemed to really resonate with the public and and women in general but then time went on all of a sudden that message sounded really fake and tone deaf so today's episode I'm just going to share what I learned what insights you know I experienced um, and how this really impacted me personally in my path to creating my own business and thinking about whether or not I should go out and get VC money and basically put myself out there and be vulnerable to the repercussions that these women face. So come and join me as I kind of mull over what I learned and share my opinions with you guys. So in looking at this, I remember back in, you know, I think it started like in 2015, 2016, maybe even 2017, people were uttering this phrase, girl boss, you know, it was like the hustle era, the hustle generation. And everyone wanted to be a girl boss, a, a CEO, um, you know, some type of play on boss and a boss babe. I never really subscribe to that notion just because of the terminology, you know, boss, boss sounds really just it's like a heavy word for me and it there's no leeway and there's no flexibility that basically you have to be a bitch you have to have this armor there's no vulnerability and there's no room to be vulnerable that you know it's really super unforgiving and this is evident by these women making missteps or having bad judgment there really is no flexibility and you have this persona of a girl boss. Another reason why I really didn't subscribe to that was because every woman that had that moniker of girl boss or boss babe happened to be white. Okay, let's just let's just be honest, you know, first of all to get VC money, there's a really small percentage that go to people of color, you know, black founders and me being a woman of color, I knew that going in. But also that small percentage of female founders getting funding. So to be a female founder of color, you're really at a dual disadvantage that VCs are going to find you attractive enough. Now, when you're talking about a girl boss and they're white and they're attractive and they're young and they're really super savvy in social media that they're used to posting these aspirational lifestyles that people really are jealous and aspire to have and imitate, that's who's really getting the funding. 
So now let's take a look at Glossier Away and Wing. You have these white women who really come from, I believe, you know, the greatest of intentions, okay? And automatically they have this girl boss label that's on them. And I think that they proudly wore that because it was so in fashion to be a girl boss. You know, wear that millennial pink and have that minimalistic look. I mean, it was just plastered all over social media. And I can see how this could be attractive to uh, venture capitalists to be part of that, to be part of this movement and this success train. And then to have that in your portfolio that, oh, I'm supporting women, you know, female founders, and I'm part of this movement of girl bossing. But I think that is something heavy because like I said, with that boss and that mentality of, you know, I have to be a boss, I have to be a bitch, I have to be in control. And then that also giving the illusion that you can have it all, that you have that girl, right? That's the feminine part of it. And then the boss who's like the bitch, right? And it's super unforgiving. Beauty is personal and should be individualized. That's why I created the Naya Beauty app. Naya Beauty app allows one-on-one -on -one makeup tutorials with vetted makeup artists that are virtual. A user can have a virtual lesson with any of the professional makeup artists that are listed on the app. Just download the app and answer a brief questionnaire so that you can be matched with a Naya Pro and start learning. This is the opportunity to ask all the questions you've wanted to ask. Your Naya Pro can even reevaluate your makeup to help you refresh your look. You can find the Naya Beauty app on your favorite app store. Download now to receive $5 off your first session. You couple that with getting money from a VC and already regardless of your gender, okay, that's going to be a very stressful uh, position that you're in. It's going to be a pressure cooker because Number one, you're you're taking money from someone. Okay, let's let's think back on this. Like if you were going to start a small business and you needed a loan and you got money from your family and friends, you would feel that pressure that you need to be successful on this because let's say they dip into their family, you know, savings and this is their life savings. You want to make sure that you're able to pay them back that you know, you have this pressure and this guilt, but then think about this is that you are a young founder who is getting millions of dollars. Now you may not know these people. They may be completely faceless, but they are on you. They're having meetings with you. They want reports and they are grooming you. You're having to go in front of the public and portray this, you know, everything is under control. I've got this. And while really how much support do you have and how many other people are in your shoes. You know, who who knows what you're going through? I know that there are some venture capital funds that will include an executive coach, kind of like a life coach so that, you know, the, the, the founder is able to vent and speak to someone about their experiences and someone who can guide them. And what you see on the news and in the newspaper is a polished product. And it's a polished product from the VC. And once that that polished product starts showing cracks, you know, there is the first go around is to rehabilitate that product, right? How can we go on a PR crisis tour where they are apologizing for being human, for making mistakes? Now, I'm not trying to um, defend anybody's actions, but 
just think about this. You're in this position. Let's say you're in your mid-20s. Now, me thinking back about my mid-20s, I don't think I was very wise. But you have these coaches that are coaching you. And you're in a very high-pressured situation where you've got millions and millions of dollars of people's money. And they expect performance. And they expect performance fast. Now, they don't want, oh, double my money. Oh, no, no, no. They want it to be 100 times over. Okay, that's how much money they want. So when you make this mistake of talking out of turn or maybe just, let's just put it like showing your ass. Okay. If you're showing your ass, they're going to pull you in. They're going to pull you in just like you're going to the um, principal's office. They're going to slap you on the wrist and they're going to say, let's go on this apology tour and atone for your sins. Now, depending upon how egregious the sin is, people may kind of sweep it under the rug or forget about it. Now, if it's a man, there's a lot of times where they will forgive because you're making the money. Okay. And it's fine. They, sometimes they won't even make you go on a PR tour. They might not even consider it a crisis unless it's so egregious, like Travis Kalanick from Uber. It's so egregious that it's like, you know what? We just do your apology tour. And if people cannot accept your apology and don't forgive you, then we have to cut ties because now you're a problem for the brand. For a woman, there is less leeway. Okay, there's less leeway. I mean, think about this, about when I told you about the way Steph Corey, when she made her apology tour, you know, and hers was fast. When The Verge came out with the expose about her problematic behavior, um, and I want to get into that problematic behavior in a little bit, but when they came out and did the expose about her problematic behavior, she, within 24 hours, issued an apology. Okay, which was really fast. That's neck-breaking speed. But did it matter? Because within days, let's say within a week, they were already looking for her replacement. It is unforgiving. They want swift action. And I think depending upon the times and if you are completely tone deaf, um, there is no forgiveness. And I think there's less forgiveness for a woman that you are assumed to have this maternal instinct and this softness, okay, that you can um, consider other people's feelings and other people's mental health. But what about the boss's mental health? Nobody really talks about that. You become, quote unquote, the man, the institution, right? The administration, and there really isn't any forgiveness. So I think that when you talk about a CEO, you know, a woman who's a CEO, there is little um, to no leeway on problematic behavior, what they think is problematic behavior. Now, going back to Steph Corey's behavior, I mean, I can see some of the things that she was doing. Now, that might be called inspirational. You know, that might be called putting a fire underneath someone's but, you know, that might be hustling. That might be um, balls to the wall in a frat boy culture. But from coming from a woman, I think that there was a lot of criticism. You know, maybe she did make some mis mistakes. I think the biggest one that, you know, we're when looking at the Verge's um, article, they were talking about how she was really under pressure for the launch and she wanted people to work and it's like, Hey, um, are you going to take your vacation? I really don't think you should take a vacation. And she kind of tried to sweeten the deal. If you don't take a vacation now, and we really push through this holiday launch, um, then everyone gets, you know, you guys get a month off. 
you know, so everyone gets a month off across the board. And now, of course, that being said, might not have been acceptable to other people, like to the employees, because they needed a break. Everyone's mental health is subjective and it's personal to them. So, you know, for the employees who didn't agree with that, they have a right to say, no, I don't want to do that. And did she uh, mishandle it? Of course, because this is her company. Well, you know, she shared it with Jen Ruby. This is her company. This is not my company. Yeah, we're all in it together and this is a team effort. But at the end of the day, I have a right to protect my mental health and my well-being. And if I need a break, it is okay to say I need a break. That is not the same case for a CEO. You know, it's like they say um, the, the means justify the ends and the end is an exit, Okay, let's let's talk about that. The exit is um, at the end of the day, what are they doing? Are they going to go IPO? Are they going to become a public company? They're going to be very, very wealthy. That is the end. Yes, there could be an altruistic message of I want to improve the world and I'm trying to disrupt um, the industry by making it easier for the consumer. But at the end of the day, we're talking about millions, if not billions of dollars that they're going to be creating. And taking that mental health break on um, on the side of the founder is viewed as weakness, okay? So you have to be strong. You have to be tough and strong. And that is embedded in the VC culture. They do talk about, um, oh yeah, safeguard your mental health. But at the same time, they add all this pressure on you. Now, the part of it might be pressure that you put on yourself because you don't want to fail and you don't want to look bad. But a lot of the pressure is from outside forces. And not only is it the pressure of I need to perform because of all this money and I now have a boss, but if I do not perform, they will replace me. As in the case of all three founders, you are replaceable just because you came up with this idea does not necessarily mean that you cannot be replaced. So just like the employees who are being faced with termination and being replaced, so are the CEOs by the VCs because who was on the board? A lot of VC members are on the board along with the founders and you can be voted out. That is just reality. That's part of the game. You sign up for it. And circling back to me, I think that's a real fear. That's a fear that you lose control and there is no room for mistakes now. You know, no one is born an expert. You learn from your mistakes. And if you are your own boss, there is that that um, that learning curve that you have that, okay, I made a mistake and how do I adjust? How do I pivot? How do I learn from my mistake? But in the VC world and in Silicon Valley, you better know what you're doing because you're playing with other people's money. And if you make, like I said, an egregious mistake or if your judgment is so egregious that the public opinion starts turning on you, then it is hurting the brand as a whole and you need to be gone. You're a problem. You know, Steph Corey um, from Away, she regretted um, stepping down and she wanted to come back and she did. Now, it didn't last very long, but there was this opinion from the public. Um, New York Times wrote an article saying like, you know what, maybe we were too quick to judge. Maybe we should have looked at this and given her the opportunity to apologize and learn from this. 
you know, learn from, hey, take other people's mental health into consideration. Um, you can't push people as hard. Now you took, you take a look at Wing and Audrey and her messaging for women, it's empowering and creating a safe space for women. That is fine and dandy, but again, who can afford that type of safe space and working environment? Wealthy women and mainly white. I mean, if you're talking about anywhere upwards to $3,000 a year and this is for like co-working, I'm probably just going to go to a library or work in Starbucks for free. Okay, so the culture of this girl boss and VC, people have said it and I'll say it, and this is just a repeat, but it is a white world. It is. And being a woman, it's a white man's world. And there is more forgiveness for a white man in the VC world. Now, I know after Black Lives Matter and George Floyd and with um, COVID and the pandemic, there was a spotlight that was shown on the racial disparity of funding um, from private equity firms and venture capitalists about how much money they fund people of color and founders and women. And so there was a push of, oh, I make this commitment to really contribute to the increase of female founders and people of color. And they even moved some of that attention to Atlanta because there is now a huge tech sector that is building in Atlanta and those tech founders are predominantly black. You know, Silicon Valley is starting to say, okay, let me go over there because before the attitude was like, I can't find any black founders. You know, I can't really find any, you know, female black founders. And they're saying we're here. We are here. You just have to look for us. And so now there is this movement of, okay, maybe, you know, if Muhammad won't come to the mountain, the mountain goes to Muhammad or something like that, whatever they say. So now they're starting to go to Atlanta and you can see this shift. But I like the fact that people are understanding, number one, let's get rid of that girl boss. I mean, it's it's embarrassing. The person who coined the phrase, Sophia Amrosa from Nasty Girl, she even tweeted out recently, I think it was actually last year, that she's like, please stop using Girl Boss. I mean, the woman came out with the book that said Girl Boss, and she has a podcast. I mean, she might have changed it. But I mean, that's how prevalent this name is. But even she is sick of it. And people, especially women, are distancing themselves from that boss, babe, and girl boss moniker. And they can just be a founder. I'm a woman who's a founder. I'm a female entrepreneur, okay? It's gender neutral. Don't put that girl feminine expectations on me. But then when I'm a boss, then I'm a bitch. I'm an unfeeling and there's no room for me to grow or be vulnerable or learn from my mistakes. That's pretty much what I learned. I think that was the running theme. I haven't really come across a quote-unquote problematic female um, entrepreneur or um, CEO slash founder who's a person of color. I mean, I mean, I'm not saying that they, they aren't out there, but they're not getting the attention. They're not getting the newspaper articles. They're not in Vogue. They're not in New York Times, LA Times. Um, I'm not seeing that. And it would be interesting just to see, you know, what's different. 
I mean, everyone's human. I'm sure people make mistakes and there's miscalculations and misjudgments and people have those moments where they make bad judgments. But why isn't it hitting the front page? Is it because they don't have VC money and there's not millions of dollars at risk? Um, is it because they're not problematic? What is it? But maybe that'll be the next thing I do is just take a look and see have there been cases of problematic behavior that you know um, causes a replacement of a CEO? In fact, I haven't seen a problematic CEO, a, a person of color like a black man. I haven't seen that. So, you know, number one, there probably aren't that many out there um, who've received VC funding, um, or maybe their you know their sensitivities are such that it's more heightened and their emotional intelligence is higher. And they don't um, have this frat boy culture. I don't know. That would be an interesting topic to um, kind of delve into next time. But just wrapping up, I think that, you know, number one, there is a lack of VC funding for female founders and for people of color. And number two, I think that they're the ones that are funded have an extraordinarily amount of pressure that is placed on them and they place on themselves. And, um, number three, I think that with this pressure comes sometimes misbehavior and it might be misdirected because they aren't under this pressure to perform. So therefore they, you know what they say, shit runs downhill and they then put this pressure on their employees to perform and then it just becomes a pressure cooker for everybody and everyone's mental health is at risk. Um, and I think that with especially females, you know, we as women have a tendency to tear down other women rather than to show them grace and some forgiveness and try to understand that they're not um, infallible, that they make mistakes some mistakes are egregious enough that it they are unforgivable and they need to be removed, but some are human mistakes that are miscalculations even though they come from places of good intentions. And I think you put those together where you have a female founder and VC money and with this pressure, I think that it is a recipe for disaster unless we give them the room and the breath to spread their wings and give them the support, like having an executive coach to kind of guide them and help them along their way. But also, I think that it's very important since the truth of the matter is, is that most of the founders and female founders are white, there should be a diversity officer on the board. They cannot um, have a person who's going to dictate how you see other people of color and declare if it's sensitive or insensitive if you are not part of that culture. Not to say that, oh, if you have Asian people, then you need an Asian diversity officer. But I think that definitely there should be on staff a diversity officer, a chief diversity officer, whatever impact officer, however you want a title to call it. But I think that having that guidance would also prevent whatever gender the CEO is, for making such insensitive remarks or um, atmospheres that cause the workplace to become toxic. I think that might be 
um, a resolution, I think that might be helpful. But who knows? I know that some companies actually do take that step and I applaud them for that. Some don't and they are short-sighted and, and here they come, like the, the fall, the, the mighty have fallen. They fall from grace and it's really hard to rehabilitate your, um, your reputation and your personal brand. So that is my suggestion out there to anyone who's listening, but if you are a female founder, and I hope you guys, you know, find the inspiration to go out and embark on an endeavor on your own, make sure that you stack the deck in your favor in the sense that you have someone to preserve and um, maintain your own mental health so that you do not victimize someone else's mental health and that you have somebody who is a diversity officer to help you guide, um, to help guide you through this path of race relations, something that you may think that you are an ally, which is great. And I applaud, you know, our non people of color community of being allies, but sometimes even though you have the greatest intentions, it may be offensive. And I know sometimes it can be confusing as to why it's offensive, but if you have a person who's a diversity officer, I think they can explain it to you. And you can take a beat before you just put yourself out there and jeopardize not only your company, but your own personal branding. Take a beat and then decide how you would resolve a situation or an issue that comes up. I think that would help. Thanks so much for joining me on this recap of the VCs and turn into a girl boss conversation. This is Thea Sanders, your host of Naya Unfiltered. Guys, you know the drill. Turn on your notifications for the next drop of our podcast and also follow our social media platforms. We are nothing without the social media, right? But please follow us at Naya Beauty at on Instagram and TikTok. See you guys next time.